0: It's good to see everybody. And now for our first message, Mr. Ron Wilhelm. I tell you what, I think I have a new favorite song. I just love that song. Reg, excellent prayer after a song like that. Hallelujah. How good it is to see each one of you, how good it is to have a full house, and everyone smiling, happy to be here on Pentecost. Praise God. We know how to count, because I can see you're here. Fantastic. Now, I know that we're going to have about three next year, but are there any graduates in the congregation? Tony, what would you graduate from? Fantastic. So Tony's son Allen is now a graduate. And I know we've got three coming up next year. These kids are graduating quickly, becoming adults. Well, brethren, sometimes how one defines something, how someone defines something, changes after you actually experience it. A couple of weeks ago, I would have defined, and did define, how far of a drive is it to Boulder? I defined it as a long one. <laughs> or I said, well, I'm really not sure. I think you go to Salina, and you take a left, and you keep going. But now having experienced that, I have to admit that I like the way that my oldest son defines how far of a drive is it to Boulder. He said, that it's almost 200 songs. <laughs> and not one single repeat. And Reg, I'm here to tell you there was not one King Crimson song on that iPod. But... of those almost 200 songs, I was right there with him. It was a great time, a great trip. You know, we all have road trip tales. I think back as a child, that California road trip, and man, was it a road trip. We all have road trip tales as vacations, of course, but we all have road trip tales as tabernaclers, right? And see, we'll either borrow, on the fly concoct something in our mind to make the hours of open road kind of shorten in the old odometer of the mind. You know how sometimes miles don't seem like they're taking very long? but sometimes miles seem like they're taking forever. But I tell you what, there's something that I was looking for to aid in that process of shortening this drive. And I have to admit there's something that I've noticed and I'm seeing less of, and I definitely saw less of it going to Colorado. What I was looking for was five letters, okay? The first letter J, followed by an E S U S. The name of Jesus. Somewhere along the way. It took hours. But there it was. Over on the right side of the road. It's hand painted. You know, it's hatched, nailed. Somehow there on the barbed wire fence, it said, Jesus is Lord. (laughs) A few more hours went by, and I think we were getting close to, we were getting close to song 137 or song 138. I'm not sure. But I happened to look in the rearview mirror, and what I saw was, L'air si, sousège." Okay? L'air C sucege in the rearview mirror. It took me a minute, but those people going the opposite direction, what they got to read is Jesus is real. And I said, all right. That's two. And hadn't even got to Colorado yet. Well, often accompanied by this man here, Steve Andrews, I spent years... One Sabbath a month, going down to the correctional facility in McAllister. Years. And I've always remembered that when you're heading south on Highway 75, as you do to go to McAllister from where I live, heading south on Highway 75, just on the northern edge of Oak Mulgee, okay? they set this dumpster. You know, actually really pretty close to the road. Set this dumpster, yeah? Kind of cocked at just the right angle so that anyone that passed by that might happen to look to their right would see in spray-painted glory Acts 2.38. I know it was probably months. I said, you know, I need to go back and make sure I know what that is. drive down, come back home, drive down. I need to make sure I know what that is. Well, of course, Acts 2.38. But it's been years since I had made that trip to McAllister and back, but being in Oak Mulgee Friday, I'm here to report to you the dumpster still stands. So I got home that evening, Friday night, Day 49 preparation. Opened up that Bible. As we're going to look at Acts 2.38. Prompted by the dumpster. Okay. I got home and I opened up Acts 2.38. And I just sit there and looked at it. And as I looked at it. And thought about it. Something just started to kind of come up off the page. And what it was is this incredible distinction that the Holy Spirit inspires Peter in saying this. Of course, he says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive. He didn't just go into... The Holy Spirit. You shall receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, prompted by the dumpster, and finally taking the time to do what I'd said I would do all those years to sit there and really look at that, I just kind of sat there, just kind of amazed. To realize what this says to me is that we have been gifted, we have been gifted the very nature of the eternal. And I really couldn't say any more about it. So I just prayed about it and I said, Thank you, Father, for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit you know back when Eskimo Joe's back when Eskimojo's was just becoming popular when you'd see people starting to wear the t-shirts right I mean just when it was beginning to get popular there were probably only a very few selections at which you could get at that time But I remember being in a convenience store on a busy afternoon. Long line. I happened to be behind two young ladies. And each one of them were wearing their Joe's clothes. So as you do in the convenience store, you're waiting. to check out. As I was standing there behind them I noticed by looking out by the front door this elderly gentleman he rode up on a tattered old bicycle. You know the old beat-up kind of 10-speed where they take the handlebars and turn them the other way to it looks like you're riding a steer? Okay. So he rides up, and he puts that bicycle up against the trash trash can there at the door. And brethren, I tell you, when he walked in, this man had been living rough for quite a while. But he comes in, and he sees the two young ladies that are in front of me, and he kind of stops... and he looks at the t-shirts and through a real distinct and definite speech impediment he said Eskimo Joes I have something better than that so the place kind of went quiet Reluctantly, one of the young young girls said, Oh yeah. What's that? Well what do you think he said? He said those five letters that I was looking for on my way to California. He said, I have something better than that, so oh, Yahweh said he says Jesus. What's always been so impressed upon my mind about that little exchange was when he said, I have, okay? He wanted everybody to know that he had and still has something better than that. And you know what? You have something better. We each have something better than anything because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Proverbs 17 and in verse 8. I love this first part of Proverbs 17 and verse 8. A gift is as a precious stone. Think about that. A gift is as a precious stone. In the eyes of him that hath it. We have something better than anything. We have something better than anything. Because we have the precious stone, the cornerstone, the foundation, and like it says in my margin, we have the stone of grace. We have because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, in just the day-to-day living, Day in, you know, day out, get up, go to work, go to church, go to practice, do this, whatever. Just the day-to-day living. You know, we all like to receive a gift. It's nice to be thought of, isn't it? To receive a gift to be, to be thought of. But if you're like me, there's nothing that really thrills me more than the opportunity that when I can... Give somebody something that I know that they will absolutely love. To get a hold of something and go, you know what? So-and-so is absolutely going to freak when I give them this. Nothing thrills me more than that, and I know many of you are like that. But I want you to think... I want you to think how the Father, I want you to think how the Father and Christ Jesus must feel sharing their divine nature with each one of us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul says it's the Holy Spirit of promise. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of promise by which we are sealed with, which is the earnest, the down payment of our inheritance. And brethren, that should thrill us to the very core of our being, knowing how the Father feels about each one of us. Just knowing what the Father feels and thinks of us when we cry out, Abba, Father. And it should thrill us to know what all Jesus Christ has done for each one of us. And it should thrill us to know what they have given us. By the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, I want to close with a verse that I want to stay in your minds until the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay? You've got to do this. Shake your head. Okay, you'll do it. I want this to stay in your minds up to the Feast of Tabernacles. And if it stays a little bit longer and carries on, allow it to. But concerning this, I want to look at Luke 12, 32. Luke 12 and verse 32 says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We've been gifted the very nature of the eternal. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know if you have any road trips planned for the summer. But uh, if you ever need something to do on like a Sunday afternoon, why don't you see how many songs it takes you to get to Oat (laughs) and be prompted by that dumpster and Acts 2 and Pentecost.